Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. You are listening to Karan Alessandra. Hi and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. We are so happy to be joined again by Michael Massey. And um, we've been having some offline discussions that we thought we would um, explore here. And we're sort of just even coming to this as who knows what's going to come and if we even release this. So (laughs) we'll just play. But um, we were talking about the fears that emerge as... um, you know, we're in the, the thick of the coronavirus um, pandemic that's been going on, and we're all in different stages. You know, we th- represent three different parts of the world, two different countries and two different parts of the same country. Um, and so we're all kind of experiencing different things and different waves of things happening. Um, I know Jayanti and I both have a connection back with Italy, and I don't know how much you're in touch with people from Italy, um, but I um, have heard some really um, heartbreaking things going on there from friends. And and in France, um, one of my closest friends is from Paris, and um, she was out running this actually just to kind of bring a little bit of humor (laughs) into this um you know heartbreaking discussion but you know they've put a lot of really strict guidelines like you can't leave you can't go anywhere beyond like a certain distance beyond where you are living and they changed the distance last Saturday and she went for a run to the ocean not from Paris she's at her in-laws and she didn't know that she was supposed to only go like a few meters away from home and she got a ticket for 135 euros (laughs) and she is the most rule following person I was like she did like I couldn't believe it it was so funny and um It's just funny because I've even been in situations with her where like she won't do something with me because I'm breaking the rules and she won't won't do it. (laughs) And um, and, I mean, just little things like stealing diamonds and things like that. But um, (laughs) so, yeah, little things like stealing diamonds. Exactly. You know, just small, small little petty theft. Exactly. No. um, But. Yeah, little things like where you find yourself being admitted. We went to Notre Dame at one point, and somehow we were at the front of the line. I really don't even remember how it happened, but there was this huge line, and suddenly we were at the front of it, and the crowd was just moving, and I'm like, okay, let's go. And she's like, no, I'm not. And she she went off and just waited for me. I was like, okay, I'm, I guess I'm going, but... Anyway, she's like a very strict rule follower, and then now she's been fined, bless her heart, for running um, <laughs> and breaking the rules. But uh, yeah. so anyway, lots of different well, rules happening, and what we were talking about offline was um, the fear that this is igniting in people. So, um, Jayanti, you gave the example of 
a close friend of yours who has an underlying medical disorder and is very worried about the impact of this and then just lots of subconscious things that are sort of coming yeah, to the surface. I, I, I just saw like many people seem to be facing like deep wounds within themselves. Like I was just, because here I'm not fine if I go outside, I'm lucky. I live in a small town and it's um, uh, in Sweden, we don't have fines yet that I'm aware of at least. Um, so I was out on the lunch walk and it just came to me like, I just saw, you know, I had been talking to a friend who I know just had this big, big fear of economical loss and like that uh, his company would, you know, um, suffer if there would be an economic crisis. And I've heard him talking about this a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, so hearing about this, you know, his one of his biggest fear, I think, has now become true. And I've seen that with many other people where it's been like health or it can be fear of losing a loved one or like fear of death. Like, and it was just like, oh, everyone seems to, you know, meet really deep wounds and trauma. And also, I, I think <laughs> the whole world is right now probably going through this because you can't occupy your mind as we are used to. Yes, there is, um, you know, Netflix and social media, but you can't run out to the club or like that's not something I do nowadays. But I mean, in general, but many people do, yeah, yeah, and or just like socialize it away. I mean, um, we all have different ways to cover up emotions, and uh, I think we're all being presented with, with this opportunity to take a look at it and because it we have to stop and when you stop and when you're still the body can heal itself but you know in that process of healing we kind of need to see what's coming up and so we were yeah we were chatting about it and what was it you said Michael that I think I asked so how how do we heal it because when we see it then what do we do? And then I think you said first step, see it. Second, what was it? To release the attachment. Yeah, release, release attachments. Mm. Right. And um, and then uh, then the third step is just to, you know is to move into acceptance of what is. Mm-hmm. But and, it feels uh, like we're all somewhere between two and three. Or like if you take my friend for example with the company, so the fear was, you know economical crisis with a company well that's happening right now and i think it's gone to the place where it's just about accepting the situation right because um yeah so it's a, it's a kind of funny thing because we usually have these external things that we think that we're afraid of but they're not that's not actually really what's at the core so the, as this as it, something boils up to the surface, you're like, oh, okay, I'm afraid of the economy collapse. Um, but however, that that may just mask that just be a mask. That's a surface kind of level thing, uh, and uh, that uh, points to a deeper issue, which is I don't know how I will survive. That's that's from the more the personal, more the 
core issue. So you have a, a fear of one's own survival, for instance. This is kind of a generic way to, to put it. So um, as this surfaces, what we the idea of releasing the attachment is so we're releasing the attachment to an external outcome. That uh, right now, the situation that's being presented to all of us, really, and this is one of these things where we're all in this together. And we go, oh, the economy is collapsing. But it's right now, it's, it's doing that for everybody. Mm. Okay? And so as long as we actually have enough global resources, which we do, our survival shouldn't be in question. Or so the idea is to release the attachment that things, the market needs to be on the perpetual rise in order for me to survive. And so we're releasing the attachment to that external thing that allows us to then accept this moment for what it is. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So a lot of people think that they, that when these certain external things are happening and going south, that's what triggers the fear. But the real fear is something that's deeper. Mm. And this gives us an opportunity to, to detach that external from the internal. Hmm. And it seems like it's a really easy thing to be like, okay, I'm just going to detach. Okay. I'm not, I'm not attached to my livelihood or, you know, because I can, you know, pull that thread and be like, okay, it's not, I'm going to survive. But and maybe in in that moment or for a few minutes, you find comfort in that. But I imagine, you know, these are so deeply rooted in an individual yeah. level that it, I mean, I don't know, is it something that you keep repeating through a process or, um, I don't know, like how, it's a really tidy three-step process, <laughs> but... But I mean, to really work with it, how how do you really work with that deeply, I suppose? Uh, yeah, so there's certain primal, primal fears. And so most everything that's on the on the the external uh, is going to relate back to just a few core things. And one of those is we which we're kind of talking about now is uncertainty. So it's a uncertainty in the unknown. And so you could basically could kind of take a, uh, uh, you know, put little things in, in boxes, like every, all the, you know, fears that are there and it would be, uh, uncertainty and unknown. Um, then there's, uh, uh, separation and loss, fear of separation and loss. Uh, and then, uh, then the third one uh, might be uh, like a fear of uh, pain and or death. Hmm. I'm definitely in the separation and loss <laughs> category. Yeah, right. And um, so really any fears that we have is probably going to fall into one of those three buckets. And I'm sure there's probably somebody out there who's listening. I know one that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, in which case, Lisa, yeah. Well, or maybe they just need to dig deeper. Right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so a lot of people's, you know, fears right, right now, um, I'd say they're probably predominant. Well, 
kind of split up in those three buckets, but I think uh, it seems like most of the, um, uh, you know, the panic, yeah, I, incidentally, you know, to toilet paper um, uh, flowing off the shelves, okay? This would be... <laughs> Fear so of... I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I still don't get it. I know. I it's still just a, it's still amusing. I have I can't help but chuckle every time because it just. <laughs> of course, it you know, we by now we've each probably seen a hundred, <laughs> if not a, a thousand, of the memes related to it. That yeah. Anytime we talk about it, I get all those images flowing, flowing to mind. Um, because there's so much. It was good. the end of the world. You don't want to end the world with toilet paper, like. Right. This is this is my point. You see, is you're that going is under? That, like, yeah, I need a lot of toilet paper. No. Right, is that if if the real core fear that people were dealing with is actually fa uh, fear of death? Okay, then mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't be toilet paper. See, toilet paper. There are people stocking up on toilet paper. That's an assumption that they're not going to die. Mm -hmm. So this is this is a fear. The fear that's being touched on here is that of the unknown and the uncertainty. And so mm -hmm. people just don't know if there will exist toilet paper in the future. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're not worried about whether or not they're going to exist. They're, they're just <laughs> worried about whether or not they're going to exist and not have any toilet paper. Which is interesting because how long has toilet paper been around <laughs> compared I, to humanity? <laughs> I, mean, I, I just imagine, I don't know. Somewhere in the universe, people are having a lot of fun. Yeah. Right. Planet Earth is like, oh, those are things. Yeah. 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 And um, so when we're, you know, when you're uh, fear of pain and death, that's a personal one, right? Really. And then separation loss, that tends to be, um, you know, uh, so then if you're dead, you actually don't really care. Um, so separation <laughs> and losses, Hey, you're also still around. Um, but something or some, uh, someone, um, uh, that you uh, care about is, is taken from. Mm. So, uh, so at least in two of these scenarios, we're, we're not dealing with, um, actually any threat to our mortality. What we're, uh, feeling is a, a threat to maybe our way of life or uh, what we're accustomed to. And uh, so uh, that's um, the, the more that we can surface what the core issue is, uh, the better equipped we are to, um, to walk forward and uh, interact, respond, and behave in uh, ways that are uh, um, not um, driven by panic mm. or anxiety. It, so that's the whole purpose of, the, of, of surfacing and resolving this is to, hey, a life, you know, uh, free mm. of anxiety and worry. Now that yeah. That's something, right? Wouldn't that be beautiful for that to be the result for so many people? Because 
this is also can be very traumatic for people just going through this. So mm. then in the future, um, you know, to have had that sort of breakthrough as mm. a result of this is, um, is a really beautiful potentiality. And if we talk about what we talked about last time with the, the numerous potentialities and we get to kind of cast our vote so to speak, into what those are, um, to, to keep tapping into it as opportunities for change, I think is so important. Um, because I know that a lot of people are still, you know, and, and, it, and I get it, you know, but they're really latching on to the suffering and the, the fear and the, um, and, and I don't know if there's even almost a guilt to, wanting to see beauty from what's happening. You know, I mean, I heard somebody saying that um, in, a, in a podcast, uh, actually, where they were like, I'm really not into, like, let's make lemonade out of this or whatever, you know. Mm. They really didn't. I don't know if they, they were um, coming at it maybe from, like, a, a sense of, like, irreverence or something. Um, but I, I think that there are numerous people who, you know, want to honor the suffering. And um, I don't know. So I think that's something that needs to be reconciled too. Yeah, definitely. And, and But isn't there a way to honor what you feel? And, I mean, again, I, I do post referring to our previous podcast of like seeing you know the beauty in it and because right now where I live people are not dying like flies and I mean I do feel for people and I I do whatever I can to you know support and um but I can't really see how it will help for everyone to um let their energy drain and go down, so to say. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help our <laughs> common, what, what is it? The, the collective. The collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. um, and I wonder if it's even worth just reviewing that, Michael, perhaps um, talking about that collective consciousness and how, like, when we all, I mean, the, the the benefits to other people, not just of soothing yourself and being like, it's going to be okay. And, um, and there is beauty, but the, the further impact that that has on humanity and those around you. And, um, yeah, well, you know, we're, we're actually sh social critters. Did you know that? Mm. I've um, caught on to that. Every, yeah. Everybody <laughs> kind of likes company and, um, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, in that maybe uh, uh, that fear of uh, separation, you know, is um, a this boiled down all the way down to it. It's, it gets to its primal thing is we're afraid and terrified of being alone. Um, but, you know, emotionally and mentally and physically, we uh, survive together and we thrive together. And the idea of being 
alone in the universe is really one of the most terrifying uh, concepts to the human psyche. Mm. And so, you know, the, uh, yeah, um, you, you know, to those who um, uh, want to even have like huge greed aspirations and they just want to own the whole world. Okay, well, what if we beamed everyone but them off and all of a sudden they have the whole world themselves and it's just them? Is that what they want? Mm-hmm. No. No. See, there's always, there's, there's, there's a multitude, there's a collective, there's all of us as part of the equation. And um, uh, so what happens is that when we're feeling alone and it's when is what we're what people want wherever they happen to be is they want company with them mm-hmm. and so the it just, you know what we're you kind of talking about here is um let's say uh, somebody falls into a pit of a quicksand <laughs> okay um all right now they're in the quicksand can you can any of us help is it helping them to jump into the quicksand with them no okay now they're not alone but a uh yeah uh now there's two that are doomed (laughs) yeah right Mm -hmm. so this is this is kind of important in that um we don't want to, we're not leaving somebody to their own demise if they fall into the quicksand, but we're not going to jump in to be with them because that doesn't help anyone. And the only way this, we get through this together is that we're there, though we can be there for others when they do fall in to toss them a rope because further in the journey maybe we'll hit you know a quick stand and all of a sudden we're in it and there'll be somebody that can pull us out Hmm. and i don't think there's a single one of us probably that hasn't walked this life that hasn't hit a moment where boom it was you know uh uh-oh quicksand i'm toast Mm -hmm. and then had somebody come along and throw a lifeline and pull you out i mean happened to me I think anybody who says it hasn't happened to them at some point is probably a liar or they're only you know you know two years old (laughs) they don't know better yet Mm. right so I think it was so you know how can we if somebody is you know drowning in quicksand how can we be of service or help And that was part of what we're, I think we're talking about maybe on the last podcast in, um, in uh, uh, cultivating, uh, cultivating beauty in our own experience hmm. and focusing on what we can do. There's, there's no reason for us to um, – uh, deny or refuse to experience um, beautiful things each day just because things, you know, uh, we're on lockdowns or, or 
you know, society is in this kind of state of flux that it is right now. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, this is kind of throwing a lifeline to others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Carrie, you mentioned this like guilt and I, and then I, you know, Giant you said something that's really important. It's like, it's not that we don't feel any suffering of others. Um, but I, I think what the thing is, is if you tend to, if you, it's easy for uh, some people to just go, well, you're not taking this seriously enough. Right. Right. And like, okay, well, how serious is it that we, you know, you need to take? All right. Um, uh, you know, as long as we, hey, are we complying by the rules or are we breaking them like your friend there? Unintentionally in her <laughs> defense. <laughs> right. And so each of us got to do what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, It's so hard to, to uh, uh, you know, you, you can't dictate for another what um, what's right for them to do, mm-hmm. right? I was reading a little bit the, the other day, and uh, now it might get complicated for some listeners. If, but so according to the yogic teachings, there are different um, cycles of time where our consciousness are rising or you know, descending, and we're in a rising age right now. And in this time, like a lot is being changed, which is what we're seeing. We're coming from a very materialistic age, and we're getting into an age of energy. And uh, what I read was that in this age, it's, you know, it's, it's so much energy, so much flux, one moment, we can feel like, oh, I'm, I feel so free, I feel so connected to myself. And then it's like, next moment, it can be very changed. So it's, self-awareness increases but also self-interest and it was, I just saw this slide which was like two different pictures one was like an atomic bomb and the other was like hands holding the globe and I also watched a video that popped up on my YouTube which was Satguru he was talking about similar thing that you know we're in this together we need to be responsible because you know everyone is affecting everyone in this so yeah we need to do whatever we have been told because if we don't it could be like a huge disaster but um if we all just consider each other and yeah which i also feel like reading about these cycles of time and the energy we're in uh, or the time we're in and the energy we're dealing with it's like this can really tear us apart and become like a big disaster or it can connect us further and help us come closer to each other. And I guess that's where keeping our, so it's not like, oh, I don't see what's happening in Italy, but it's like, if everyone would just go into that fear and like we said before we started to record here, even here the the authorities are now saying to people, it's not unhealthy to go outside and this, this worry consciousness, they, they didn't use those words, I think, but, a worry is more is worse than an illness than corona itself 
because, you know, people are, and I hear from my grandmothers that they, they do go out because <laughs> they're so stubborn that I'm going to go shopping on my own. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, they really suffer to be locked in. Cooped up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my grandma was like, I wonder how many heart attacks they're going to get due to this. And it's like, oh. it's not healthy for mm. people either. And um, yeah, I don't have the solution, but it's just that, well, I guess the, the, the path is working together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you live in a small town and I'm in a kind of a small town too. Uh, I mean, here in Sedona, but with the, uh, I mean, we've got, you know, we're surrounded by two million acres of national forest, so we got plenty of space. And you were born Dude. in a small town, Michael. Was I? Weren't you? Weren't you born in uh, John Mellencamp's town? <laughs> no. You know the song. I know. I was born in a small town. That one, <laughs> yeah. Well, Mellencamp's from Bloomington. We have to always I know, talk but about I'm not. I know, but I was born. Uh, I was not born in. I was born in uh, Brazil. Uh, Just South America. play. Oh, Just okay. play. All right. Come on. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, sorry, I couldn't resist. Anyway. Yeah. So. Um. You're surrounded by lots of forest. Yeah. Yeah, so we can, you know, get out, getting out into that. Um, you know, it's bit be a tougher gig if you're in a big city and you know you're sequestered in your own own home and oh, yeah. you don't have any place to go to uh so i feel for i feel pretty fortunate about that mm. um i'm glad to be where i'm at yeah um so fortunate more fortunate than others mm. um you know it's kind of funny because we can uh we, if we even look at like the these little buckets we put right you have the uh, fear of uh, separation and loss, right? Which is really, uh, or you're afraid of yeah, losing something that you uh, that you uh, desire or enjoy mm. as part of your life, right? And then mm. the fear and the the pain and death is kind of the reverse to that, uh, which is uh, you <laughs> getting stuck with something that you don't want. Hmm. Wait, how's that? Well, like pain, for instance, mm. it's an unpleasant thing that you have a loss of control. So you're inflicted with uh, something that's undesirable. Hmm. That, but how, you know, did you say pain? Hmm? Well, pain would be an example of that. But if you're dead, you don't feel pain. Ultimately, no, I know. But <laughs> yeah. But he said death or ill. Illness and death, right? In that oh, okay, category. Okay, yeah. Pain, pain, yeah. Um, but those are, yeah. But you, for you know, a lot of people right now being stuck at stuck at home. You see, um, may uh, um, they may be <laughs> really feeling that stuck part of it, hmm. uh, depending on who they might be sharing their home with, right? Mm, yeah. Feeling stuck is not a nice feeling. It's not a nice feeling, and we don't like we don't like to feel like we're stuck with something um, that's uh, that we don't like. There was a video about a, that I think where you know, um, somebody got 
in, I think it might have been France. I think it was my French friend who told me about it, but the police came up and, I mean, I think it was a joke, but came up to a guy who got caught running or whatever out too far away. And they were like, all right, you have two choices. Either you go home to your wife or kids. He's like, the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure there's a whole lot of that going on. And now, you know, I'm single, so I have, uh, and, you know, my life path has been lots of isolation, wilderness and otherwise. So if I'm just like chilling with myself, I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. This is not, you know, my lifestyle hasn't changed (laughs) that much. I feel the same when someone asks me, like, well, I basically lived the same life I did before the whole Corona thing. <laughs> right, right. Now, there are others, there are many others that this is not the case for them, right? So, mm-hmm. um, uh, where, yeah, they may feel, and, you know, even it's, uh, you know, things that we can feel stuck in, you know, you can feel stuck in a, in a, in a job in a relationship, in a town. Um, those are notable things that people can feel um, uh, stuck in. Mm-hmm. And if um, if there aren't, you know, an environment, I would probably say that, like, one of the silver linings in all of this is probably everyone now going through this is paying much, much greater attention to their environment than they ever than they have ever before. Mm. It's like, for example, I know that the applications for divorces are much higher after Christmas and I think after the summer. Vacation. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, huh. I think it, at least here it is, but I think that's worldwide in general because you spend time with people and it's yeah. like, okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not only observing your environment, but then assessing. Yeah. 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 And um. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We're we're all in this together. We actually do adore one another. Um, in doses. Right. <laughs> 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 oh. All about the dosage. So is it going to be like the conventional, not conventional wisdom, but like, you know, there's that, if I had to be stuck with somebody on an, a deserted island, and that's going to now from forevermore be like, if if I were with this person during the coronavirus, would I come out of it still, <laughs> still wanting to still be with, with that person? That person, right. Oh, oh my. It's going to work its way into marriage vows. I promise to love you through a pandemic and uh, (laughs) when all I see is you. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's interesting. So there was what was the other bucket? Because we talked about the the separation, but then there's the addition. But wasn't there a third one? Yeah, so the. Yeah, the no, the third one is the uncertainty or the unknown. Oh, right. So you just don't yeah. you just don't simply know. Mm. So one is like, oh, hey, guess what? This is how you're stuck with, uh, you know, mm. 
Dang. Yeah. I'm stuck with this torturous situation. Mm. Um, you know, or being ripped away from something we love. That's another form of, of, of hell, if you will. Mm. And then there's this limbo state of uncertainty and unknown. And, uh, um, that, yeah, the, the, one of the things, the, the things that, and I think that most of this fear that we're dealing with, there's specialized cases of both of these things. Certainly there's some people feeling, uh oh, they're stuck at home. Okay. And there's some others that all of a sudden it's with, you know, travel borders shut and that kind of thing. They might be feeling some sense of separation. Um, people also might be, their, their, their business might be, be threatened, although hopefully we're going to, we're going to figure this one all out together, which we can on how to, um, you know, how to save the economy. And, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to have to put some attention to that, but we're all in that one together. That one affects mm -hmm. us all. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there are people that are going to be feeling, getting that kind of a, a loss as well. Um, but the bulk of it all is really about this uncertainty and unknown. And in, in, in a sense, this actually works well for us because it's, it's actually not a real, I say it's not a real fear. Uh, I don't mean that to say, uh, the thing is that we spend so much time as a species trying to bring everything into, um, this, this, uh, a controlled fashion and in this attempt to kind of eliminate chaos from the equation. And that somehow if we're able to do this, that will equate to happiness. Mm. But that is a fallacy. And this, I think, is one of the greatest opportunities for us as a species to grow through this whole experience is to be able to, to um, let this, this uncertainty um, of, the, and, uh, of the unknown rise to the surface and um, let us move as a species beyond our fear of the unknown. Hmm. because prior to this, there was always the unknown. We just pretended like it wasn't there. <laughs> but the unknown, out of the unknown comes awesome stuff. Yeah, hmm. You ever been... Right? Why do we want to know all the time? Why, why do we right, want... Exactly. Why do exactly. we have to control when we can't control? And it's like, or how many times did we try to control and find out like, oh, why did I try? To, like, why did I push so much for that? Mm. Like, or or like life help you, life choose for you. And you're like, oh, thank God that didn't happen. Or like, yeah. thank God I didn't go down that path. But at the time you're like, ah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And how many of us have ever had uh, something just come out of the blue somebody drop you know uh, a surprise gift um mm. they just never saw coming and they just totally just just hit just was right on the money 
Mm. Now, how delightful is that? Yeah. Totally unexpected. Mm. And there's something like sweeter about that. It came, came just, it's just like a miracle bomb just out of nowhere. And so those are like the most delightful things. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I mean, as a kid, we get this as a kid, you know, so it's like always miraculous. How did Santa know that I wanted that? <laughs> right? That is so magical as a child. Oh, my gosh. Santa knew that I wanted a new Walkman. Oh, my <laughs> oh, gosh. Walkman. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's like, that's part of the magic of childhood mm-hmm. and um would that be that's way more magical way more delightful than hey i mowed a bunch of lawns and necessarily even bought a walk that has a rewarding in its own right okay there's a time place for that but um yeah and so when we're actually if we have a, a this kind of a blanket fear of the unknown what in a sense we're doing is closing ourselves off to um, all the multitude of ways and things that can drop out of that field to bless us mm. that's a very good metaphor actually with the christmas gift because i remember as a child i or even as a grown-up i never really understood why you want to know what you're going to get from someone it's like right. when yeah. you go and pick it and then they buy it. It's like, then what's the point? Like, it's supposed to be a surprise. Mm, <laughs> I like right. to be surprised. So, and I remember once when I was a child, I, you know, I wasn't trying to, uh, I obeyed rules pretty well as well. But then, I don't know, one time I I knew where my parents had hid the gifts. So I just I had to take a little sneak peek. And I saw one thing that I knew now knew I was going to get. And oh, the feeling was so awful. Like, it's just like, oh, didn't feel right looking. And it's like, that's not fun. Now I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, uh-huh. when you get something that you really love, like, you know, when you have someone who's close to you and they tune into, like, you just mentioned at some point, like, oh, I love this. And then six months later, they give, like, let's say I, I love this painter. And then six months later, this person has fixed, I don't know, a special painting from this painter. It's like, oh. Yeah. Then you really appreciate it because it's like not something you ask for, but something that they picked up that, oh, he, she loves this. I'm going to give her that. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember one time I was, uh, so I think this is maybe my mm, 11th, 11th birth or 11th. I was 11 uh, this Christmas. And uh, not this past Christmas. I mean, <laughs> there was a Christmas once upon a time when I was turning. When I was eleven years old. <laughs> and, Christmas before that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, uh, so I really wanted. Uh, I wanted this electric. Uh, uh, those electric car racing mm-hmm. tracks. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was like that was that was a big thing that I wanted that year. And um, it was maybe a few days before Christmas, and we just had gone out, uh, gone out to the mall, and uh, done a few shop, you know, some shopping. I was getting whatever for doing some shopping for my folks and my sis and whatnot. 
I came back to the car and my dad opened up the uh, trunk and inside the trunk, I saw the one, the, this racing car set that, and it was like, oops. And he like shut the trunk. There's this forgot. I was forgot that was in there. <laughs> right. So now I knew ahead of time what, what my folks had got me. Hmm. And I had the same kind of feeling as like, uh, that you did, John. It was like, ah, oh, I, such a bummer now that I know what I'm getting. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, my folks are rad. I, 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 I had some pretty good parents and I, this is just a, uh, that's, that's a, a treat. So they, uh, they, of course, they went and returned that. There was no way they were giving that oh, to wow. me. Wow. Really? Yeah. So they returned it and went and bought, uh, it got me a different one that was even better. That was like this Batman themed um, oh, wow. track. Okay. So, which is, it's still the same size so that when I opened it up, I thought I was getting something else. And you did get a and surprise. Then, and I got surprised with something that was even better than I was expecting. Oh, mm. that's a beautiful story. That's well done, Mr. and Mrs. Massey. Yeah. Across <laughs> the universe that way. Yes. Yeah. But that—that's, you know, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh that's it, an insult. <laughs> um. Yeah. This. So. I, I think Christmas makes a pretty good, as you mentioned too, a really good metaphor or analogy for us to tap into, um, a, a way that we can feel about the unknown without um without a, a inducing anxiety or fear hmm. Hmm. Yeah. it's out of the unknown that all this stuff comes so yeah that's beautiful yeah i think that's a great way to leave the Living listeners with that um contemplation hmm. that's beautiful and ourselves yes right <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Michael. Thank you, too. Yes, thank you. Hang in there, everybody. Yes, we're all in this together. And uh, yes, thank you for listening. And we look forward to the next meditation conversation. Mm -hmm.